I'm going to tell you a quick story. Street performers tell great stories. I remember seeing you sweat. Be they comic or tragic, they're always entertaining. Oh my God, what a good one. This is a Stories from the Pitch short. Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a growing oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. Hanging out on a pitch all day waiting to do shows means that you end up becoming one with the street culture of any given city, and you're just one of the many characters vying for attention and selling your version of reality. Inevitably, some of the other people in the mix become local legends and begin to take on their own mythology. Hang around long enough, and the pitch itself will start to take on a life of its own, complete with its own stories that become the stuff of legends. Magic Brian sat down on the pitch with Sam Malcolm on a busy day in Boulder, Colorado to collect a few gems about the local scene in a story we're calling, and that's Pearl Street. All right, uh, we're here in Boulder, Colorado on Pearl Street with the one and only Sam Malcolm. That's me. I'm the second one. You're the second one. I'm the second one. But right now, to me, you're the one and only. I'm the one and only. The only one I know. I mean, you're the only Magic Brian I know. That's good. I I own the website, so I don't care about those other Magic Brian's That is actually really difficult to do, too. You You know how many magicians named Brian... I'm probably finding over that site. I bought it so long ago. I've been Magic Brian for a long time. How long? Uh, probably over 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, I've been Senior Sam idea. probably since the day I was born. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to, for you to share some short stories about Pearl Street. How long have you been working Pearl Street, Sam? Uh, I've been working Pearl Street for like five years. Okay. So, I feel like Pearl Street's the kind of place where you just... Yeah, just, all the characters kind of know each other and see each other all the time because it's so small. It's, it's sort of weird. Because, like, you see crazy characters on all the streets. And it's like that on other pitches, too. But here, it's weird because you see, like... Well, it's a smaller city, for one thing. You see the strange person, and then everybody in town will tell you about them. Right. Like, every single person that you see, if they're like, oh, you work on Pearl Street? Have you seen this person? You know? Like, yeah. Well, I met uh, Earthman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday? Earthman. What's his story? Earthman wants to save the world because he wants to reduce carbon emissions. And his number one way of reducing carbon emissions is not just by singing to children, but also by begging all street performers that he sees not to do fire in their shows. Like, he will come up and he will plead, like, a lot. Like, all right, I notice that you do the torch, but maybe next time, don't light it. Just tell people, I'm not lighting this torch, I'm not juggling fire, because I care about the future generations. And he's on a mission. Like, that's what he wants. Like, if any of us did it, he would be so happy, you know? Like, if we were like, no, we're doing it today. We're going to go out. We're going to do a show. There's no fire. We're going to tell everybody it's because of you, Earthman, that we want to save the world, you know? Like, that's why we're doing this. We chose to do fire because we just love it. You know, that's how you find artistic fulfillment as a juggler is by doing fire. That's why we all do it, you know? Not not for any other reasons. One of my favorite experiences with Earthman... This is just a bit weird, right? Is he's kind of a hippie, vegetarian sort of guy. No I'm surprised. I wouldn't have expected that. And here in Boulder, yeah, I know. Of all places, wow. So he like literally walks around just eating granola like out of a bag. Right? Like you could probably picture him right now. And he's got like stringy long hair, and he wears a cape that has the earth on the back of it, and he wears a globe on his head. Yeah, I saw that today. And well, it's a globe. It's like a, uh, 
Well, now it's like a flat thing. It's yeah. like a flat Earth because he was talking to the zip code man. Uh-huh. The zip code man is like the Earth is flat. Um, what? No, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. The zip code man who knows every zip code on the planet believes that the Earth is also flat. Wow. Yeah. Like he is. He is now the second person. The planet. He's the second person in the last week and a half that I have heard believes the Earth. Who is the first? Uh, Dizzy from the USA Breakdancers. Oh, really? He actually. I thought he was joking. So uh, he convinced Earthman that Earth is flat. I don't think so that's actually it. That's just what we assume. Like he, Earthman decided he wanted to have this flat Earth on his forehead, and I think it's important to describe Earthman because every person I've described this man to that isn't a performer has said, "Like, does he wear roller skates?" Like two or three people I've talked to are like, "Oh, does he wear like rollerblades?" I'm like, "Oh no, he doesn't. You know, you can't do that on the mall." And I was like, oh, it's kind of weird that everybody imagines that. Like, everybody just pictures, like, oh, that guy must wear roller skates. He must rollerblade around or something. So I asked him one day, and I was like, do you ever wear rollerblades? And he's like, oh, you know, man, I, uh, I actually used to be real into it, you know? Used to rollerblade all over the place. So, like, he just has it in him. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is a weird story is that uh, it's just kind of how I imagine him now, I guess. Like, you meet somebody, and then sometimes they surprise you, or, like, you know, everybody makes a judgment about somebody, and and sometimes they break that for better or worse. One of my stories about Earthman is that we were talking, and he was telling us all about how, you know, I don't need to use uh, toilet paper no more. I got rid of it. I don't need to do that because toilet paper, paper, is bad for the environment. Uh, you know, it's a lot of waste of paper cutting down those trees. I just use like a corn husk. <laughs> And I was like, about the corn though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. You got to kill a lot of corn, man. Think about the corn. Yeah. Iowa is barren now because you wiped you your ass. Your ass with corn <laughs> so he's telling me this, and it was just sort of a. He comes up and tells me. It's not like. No, you asked him anything about. Hey, man, how do you wipe your ass? He was just like, Oh, by the way, I decided to tell you I wipe my ass with corn husk. And he tells me the story, and then uh, he's like, how are you doing today? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm waiting in the rotation. I'm the next show going up. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what. If today you don't use fire, when you get done with your show, I'll massage your shoulders. <laughs> what? I was like, Earthman, you just told me that you wiped your ass with corn husk. I don't want you touching me. <laughs> That is such a creepy... Anyway, even if he didn't tell you that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's just another layer of... I mean, I guess we're good friends, you know, because he's like, oh, man, I was thinking, you know, I want to go tell Sam how I wipe my ass. (laughs) I was thinking about you earlier. I was using the corn husk, and I was thinking about it, you know? Like, oh, you know who would enjoy this story is Sam. He wants to know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that's what your relationship is with him? Yeah, I think it is. I think we share a lot of that, you know? I told him, I was like, yeah, actually, I started using two-ply because I wanted to make up for the trees you're not cutting down. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that guy's a character for sure. And uh, it's like all the stories of the years that I've known him, it's just like he's just a little... I don't want to say he's creepy. That sounds creepy. It is creepy, but it's like that's not who he is. You know, I think that paints him in a bad light too, but he is a little weird. Uh, this guy's playing the fence. That's good. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Do you think he's gotten creepier over the years? I think a little bit. I think he's kind of gone a little overboard. So I think like with street performing, if you're working a pitch all the time, this is why you have these stories because 
a person might meet him once, and that's it. Yeah, totally. But if, <laughs> I mean, you're, if you're, working, you're sitting on the pitch all day long, and you're hanging out, you're going to meet him often, mm-hmm. and you're going to have this weird relationship with this strange person whose home you would never want to go into. You know, you say home, but <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to go hang out in his tent on the farm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite things, though, that happened was, uh, just because this, like, painted the person to me that I see him as now, was this moment. Because I'd always talk to him, like, oh, hey, man, how's it going, you know? And, like, we just kind of see each other. And he comes up, and he's talking on Dan. We're all pretty friendly. And then he stops, and he pulls out, like, a flip phone from, like, 2001. Nice. Which means he's not afraid of technology. Yeah. So he pulls out the flip phone. He's like, oh, man, uh, can we hold on a sec? And I was like, yeah, man, do whatever you gotta do. You know what he's talking. And he's like, okay, cool, because this dame is calling me. Dame? Yeah, that's what I said, dame, right? Yeah. And then he runs off down the street with his, like, cape and stuff. <laughs> and then I see him, and he just goes across the street, and he's talking on the phone, and I can see him, like, with his body language. He's, like, really putting a lot into it, and he's kind of getting mad. And then he looks disappointed, and he slams the phone shut. And then he runs across the street, and he's like... Uh, you know how these broads get. <laughs> so, like, you know, the guy who wipes his ass with Cornhusk, one, has some game, apparently. Apparently. But what I imagined in my head after this was that he's not just Earthy Man. Like, that's only the guy we see. He's like a pimp named Earthy Man, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, he's out, and he's like, hey, girls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you with that guy earlier, and he left the car running, so we gotta talk. You know? <laughs> I'm supposed to take care of the environment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, after that, I was like, oh, this guy's a little more weird than I thought. Yeah. Like, he's talking about, damn, that's a weird term. Dame. And then, At no point he used the word bird to no, describe no, him. Bird the third one. No, yeah. no, No, I think it's because he respects birds. <laughs> that, that's kind of, like, it's like the more I get to know him, I'm like, man, he's cool. I get along with him. You know, I like to get along with anybody. But I'm also like, he's a little sexist, you know, like... I started wondering if maybe he's kind of like, oh, you know, I really want to take care of the earth. We're like, why? He's like, well, Mother Nature is special. Also, as a woman, she can't take care of herself. You know? like, it's like, <laughs> like, I'm expecting yeah. him to say that one day. <laughs> right. Like, the more I know him, you know? Well done. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, I appreciate you sharing the stories of the crazies here yeah. on Pearl Street. It's important to have that in the lexicon of street theater libraries. Having the crazies? Yeah, no, just sharing the stories of the crazies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Because there's all different crazies everywhere in the world. But they're all unique and specific to... I do have a story, if you want to hear it, that's yeah. like... It's just, it, this, is a, this, I think, is a better story than a lot of the other ones, maybe. Right. But it's totally... Go for it. ...up for interpretation. This happened about three and a half years ago. It was a rainy day on Pearl Street. Sounds like the beginning of a novel. <laughs> it was a rainy day on Pearl Street. Yeah, it's just like in the novel. It was a rainy day on Pearl Street. And a creature was stirring. Just a boshi was yelling. You know? <laughs> just a boshi's just screaming at us. No, it was, it was just raining day. So the crowds get a little weird because everybody sees the lightning and they hear the thunder and they're not sure. They're kind of hesitant. And I started my show. I felt like, oh, this, this, I can make this work. This is going to be an all right show. I could do this. So it turns out people are really into it then I run across the street during the show and I'm shouting at people to try to get more people over and I look over there's these two homeless guys one of them is sitting in a wheelchair and the other one is standing and they're cussing each other out they're screaming, they're fighting and I was like, oh, that's getting loud (laughs) so I look at that and I look at the crowd and I look back at these guys and then 
a bottle breaks. And I went, oh no. <laughs> so the one guy standing breaks this bottle. Crashes. He's mad at the guy in the wheelchair, you know, whatever he did. And then the guy in the wheelchair stands up. Of course he stands up. Yeah, of course he stands up, you know. Miracles happen. You yeah. Know? Yep. So he stands up and then he grabs this dude's arm. The dude who was standing previously. He grabs his arm and he yanks at it and they're cussing each other out. They're screaming at each other. So now I'm watching and then my crowd is watching and I went, hey everybody, watch. <laughs> Look at this. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the dude that was previously in the wheelchair tugs on the other guy's arm and then it comes out. What? Because apparently it's a prosthetic arm. Right? He doesn't like rip his arm off. No, I... I but he pulls the prosthetic arm out, and he starts wailing on him with it, just hitting him with the prosthetic arm. And then the guy falls over. The guy was standing. He falls over, and then the guy in the wheelchair sits back down and throws the arm at him and starts screaming more out of him. And then somebody had called the cops. And I had decided, like, oh, this show is over. You know, I was, yeah. like, 15 minutes into it. I was just, like, screwing around trying to get, get it going. I'm like, oh, this show's over. So I go back over to the crowd, and I was kind of getting ready to say, like, hey, everybody, uh, I have a feeling maybe it's not the best time to do a show. And I start saying this as a Boulder police officer in their car drives up the street just hauling, right, with their lights on, their sirens on. They pull up, they slam on the brakes, they screech to a halt. The officer gets out, he pulls out a gun, he says, get on the ground, and he starts screaming at these two guys. Both of them get on the ground. And I was like, oh, boy. So now everybody is very nervous. Uh And then off in the distance... Is one of the other performers, this guy Reed, who lives in Key West. And he yells, No, officer, he's unarmed! I also thought at one point you were going to say the guy who was in the wheelchair was going to pull off his leg and start beating the guy with his leg. Oh, God, that would be That excellent. would just be the next yeah. Yeah, after, Well, the guy laying on the ground pulls him with his, his own arm as he pulls his leg off and starts beating his friend yeah. with <laughs> his leg. And that's Pearl Street. Yeah, and that show cost me an arm and a leg. Oh. Yeah, that's totally Pearl Street, though. And what I was amazed by was the people walking by who were, like, shocked because the officer drew a gun. And I was like, no, that that makes sense a little bit because he got a call in that people were fighting. And in a big city, if it was like, oh, these two guys are fighting and this guy broke a bottle, yeah, there'd be like six cops with guns, right? Yeah. But here in Boulder, like, I can't believe that officer is allowed to have a weapon, you know? (laughs) Also, his car is not a hybrid. (laughs) What's going on? He's not driving a Tesla? He needs to be in a Prius or a Tesla. (laughs) I might be up in... 10 minutes or a half an hour. Or 45. Or 45. hours. But it's probably a good check. Well, thank you for sharing the stories of Pearl Street. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for letting me share them, man. Yeah, of course. I'm glad. I hope it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it was good for you. It was awesome. <laughs> it was good all around. All right, showtime. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Stories from the Pitch is produced by the Busker Hall of Fame and is made possible through the efforts of a dedicated team who share a passion for the recording, editing, and presenting of these stories. This episode is proudly sponsored by Dolphin Creative, a company dedicated to supporting street theater and all of the incredible characters who make up this world. Wherever you perform, Dolphin Creative salutes you. For more information, please visit dolphincreative.org, and huge thanks to Stuart and his team for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to support what we're doing, please do consider swinging by the Busker Hall of Fame website and throwing a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button or become a sustaining supporter of this project at patreon.com slash buskerstories. 
Your contributions really do allow us to grow this resource and generate more content, so thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping us keep busking history alive. Music for this episode came from Tim Sars and the Carnival Band from Vancouver. Links to both Tim's work and the Carnival Band are posted in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website, so do check them out. Got a story to tell? Something you think we could improve? A performer you'd like us to interview? Or perhaps you're interested in becoming a sponsor of an upcoming episode? If so, drop me a line at cbg at buskerhalloffame.com. On behalf of myself, story editor Magic Brian, who captured this story, and the rest of the staff of the Busker Hall of Fame, we hope this finds you well. And as you perform for audiences around the world, please remember to use your superpowers for good. I'm David Aiken, the Checkerboard Guy. Thanks for listening.